This is Cruise Radio. In these winter months, consider TripInsurance.com to cover your next cruise investment. Buy direct from the leading insurers and save up to 40% or more on comparable plans from the other sites. Get a quote today and save from TripInsurance.com. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Happy to have you here. A review of Royal Caribbean's Navigator of the Seas this week, plus a review of the perfect day at Coco Cay. Tommy Casavona from the Always Be Booked podcast drops by to share his review and what the uh, the island experience was like. Just got back from sailing Carnival Sunrise, by the way. And if you want to see the deck-by-deck tour of the ship, I just uploaded that like less than 24 hours ago on the Cruise Radio YouTube channel. I'll also link that up in the show notes. Also, Cruise Radio News, our daily quick hits of the news. You can find that where you listen to your favorite podcast. Just type in Cruise Radio News. All right, as always, Sherry Lass- Baskin is here with Cruise News. Hi, Sherry. Hey, Doug. Sherry, I hate to start this show on such a somber note, but we do have to talk about this. Um, So six people are confirmed dead in Ketchikan, Alaska. They were on a flight seeing tour. They were sailing on Princess Cruises, Royal Princess over there. They're doing Alaska this summer. Two different planes, they collided. Uh, The Coast Guard spent 27 hours looking for everyone. Um, Six are confirmed dead, and a number of them are injured. Princess Cruises did activate their care team, and these families have a long road ahead of them, and I can't even imagine. I mean, you're on a bucket list trip. You're doing a bucket list excursion, and then this happens. Just thoughts and prayers with these families. They have a, a long road ahead of them. That's just it's just so sad. Mm. Well, Celebrity Cruises is adding new restaurants to some of their ships. Yeah, they just announced that they're going to be removing Silk Harvest restaurants aboard the Equinox and the Australia-based Solstice. This is all part of their Celebrity Revolution fleet-wide refurbishment program. So in place of Silk Harvest on the two ships, Celebrities going to install cuisine, um, that whimsical fusion type restaurant. Mm-hmm. And then on two nights, yeah, on two nights of a seven night cruise, cuisine will transform itself into Le Petit Chef experience. That's well, you know, I'm, you and I know what that is, but that's the the funny dining program, I guess, or experience with the tiny hologram characters that tell a story on your plate. But anyway, there will be two seatings on each of those two nights. And it's going to run about 50, well, will run $55 per person. And it's really a dinner show. Um, Celebrity Equinox will have Le Petit Chef by the end of its dry dock this next month, June 1st. And refurbishment for Solstice will be finished at the end of October in 2021. And all the other ships in the fleet already have cuisine, so they don't have to transform anything. But they will also have Le Petit Chef added when they go into dry dock eventually. So it looks like, uh, you know, on every week-long cruise, there will be two nights where you can see this little animated dinner on your plate. Well, yeah, and I mean, even oh. adding the La Petite is a big undertaking because you have to put those projectors above every table, get the software and all that. But it's like a, what What would you say, like a two-hour experience? It was. I mean, it was really entertaining. And, the, you know, the food I thought was so-so, but it was just so much fun. It's, just, it, I mean, it's amazing to look at these little characters, and you know, and then the, then the waiters all have to be trained mm. so they know to put the plates in the absolute right position so that the little characters running across or the fish swimming will be on the plate, not on the tablecloth. Yeah, it was a fun experience. Royal Caribbean is pulling a ship from the UK. This is kind of news to everyone. Yeah, this just came out of the blue, really. Royal Caribbean announced that Independence of the Seas is going to leave Southampton. It'll cruise west to Homeport in Fort Lauderdale in 2020. And as always happens with these sudden ship changes, passengers were left in the lurch with canceled bookings. But from what I read, the cruise line did make good with a refund and future cruise credits. Now, why are they doing this? Apparently, Royal Caribbean said the move was in response to demand because people want to visit Perfect Day at Coco K. Coco K is officially open for business as of last week after its $250 million renovation. Um, and it's really become a destination unto itself, and especially if you're an adrenaline junkie. So instead of Independence of the Seas in Southampton, Anthem of the Seas is going to go eastbound in 2020, and that ship will home port in Southampton. 
when I was in Nassau last week, I met up with some friends who were on Navigator of the Seas, and they were just at Perfect Day uh, at Coco Cay the day before, and they were saying it's just wild and mind-blowing. It looks pretty incredible. Was it, I think it's, what, nine acres that they've um, expanded it? or Yeah, it's something it like just, that. It's just, but, it, you know, they're opening it in phases, but he said the, the balloon is open and the, the pools are open, and he said it's just really... He said it's just crazy, so uh, I can't wait to actually – I might try to get on Mariner out of Port Canaveral sometime this fall. The rates look yeah. good around September. They're like 800 bucks until September for a four-night, and then it drops to like 300 in September, so I might wait till September to check it out. Yeah, bring your umbrella and, and uh, raincoat. <laughs> uh, this is interesting. Uh, two cruise ships bumped into each other. and did we, do, did we do this last week? I can't remember. No, we didn't, but we talked about it when it happened because I was supposed to be on one of those two ships. That's right. Two cruise ships bumped into each other in Vancouver. Yeah, they did. This were two Holland America ships. One was the Osterdam and the other New Amsterdam. And people, of course, are on their decks just casually um, videotaping the, um, the, you know, as you move into the dock. It's fun to see. So you can actually watch as one ship, one ship was already docked and, and tied. And the other one is just slowly backing up and keeps going, keeps going. And then the two... They actually, they bumped. Um, the damage really wasn't severe, but all those aft-facing verandas on both ships got a pretty good crunch. And then since the ship was doing, it was a turnaround day, passengers who were due to board that day in Vancouver were relocated to different staterooms. So they just took the cabins out of service, and, you know, I bet they're probably already repaired or close oh, yeah. to it. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, totally. A busy week for Carnival Cruise Line. It is. It's one of those cruise ship shuffle weeks, so... Now, pay attention. Carnival Magic has repositioned from Port Miami to go just to go just a few miles north to home port at Port Everglades. Another Carnival ship, Carnival Conquest, has taken the Magic's place in Miami. Now, the Magic will cruise six and eight day itineraries, but Carnival Conquest will offer the full week long departures. So after those two ships had their recent upgrades, they now both have the Splash Tastic water slides, Guy's Burger Joint. They've refurbished the spa and the gym and added the Alchemy Bar. But there's more more moves, more moves happened last week, and that includes the Carnival Ecstasy is now in Jacksonville. Elation, the Port Canaveral, Carnival Sunshine headed over to Charleston. Valor went to New Orleans, and the last one, the Dream, is now in Galveston. And also Carnival Sunrise, the newly refurbished ship, will be moving from Norfolk to where New York City later this month. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, a lot going on there with Carnival. Last but not least, a better way to get to the South Florida cruise ports thanks to a new mode of transportation. This is something that's sort of, you know, right up my alley, so to speak. In Florida, they've been building what used to be called All Aboard Florida. Now it's called Brightline, and it's a it's a high-speed passenger train. Right now it's running from West Palm Beach down to Fort Lauderdale and Miami. So MSC Cruises and Brightline have partnered. And this is kind of exciting because... Uh, you can now board the train in West Palm Beach. You can buy this package through MSC Cruises. They will then take your luggage from the train station and deliver it directly to your stateroom, which is pretty cool. And the cost is $95 for two people. And you'll also have included a lift ride from the train station in Miami to the ship. And, of course, the same in reverse after the cruise. Just a little background information. Richard Branson, Virgin trains and cruises and everything has a stake in Brightline. And uh, at the end of this year, the, the, the Brightline will be rebranded and be called Virgin Trains. So, you know, you've got Virgin Voyages debuting next year in Miami. So I would not be surprised if um, there's some other, you know, uh, packages available throughout. I mean, this is great. And you can also buy your own package through Brightline. So if you want to, if you're sailing on something else, you won't have the, I don't know if the lift is included, but you know, they'll take your luggage and all that. So it's worth looking into, you know, why you have to park. If you live in central Florida, just drive to West Palm, hop on the train and you're down there in two, two and a half hours. Yeah. I was going to say Brightline isn't for everyone, but if you're like, if you're driving to the cruise port, I mean, it's like what's 140 now to park at Miami for a week probably hop on a bright line and park in their lot for a little cheaper than that. Yeah. But, you know, I don't know about parking for Brightline. I, I haven't looked into that yet. I know if you're taking Amtrak to Miami, you know, from anywhere, anyway, the 
parking for Amtrak is free in most smaller cities. If you go to the bigger, like Chicago or New York, you're going to pay. But you know, you could drive to um, Orlando and take the train down to um, Fort Lauderdale or Miami and just do it on your own. But this is a package. It sounds like a really good idea. And, you know, it's probably like a party train. Yeah, they serve booze on there and everything. Parking, by the way, for the West Palm lot is $6 a day. There you go. Thank you. And last but not least, we have a listener question from Sierra. Oh, I love that name. Uh, have you ever <laughs> gone on a cruise at the end of December? And is it decorated for Christmas? Also, how's the weather in Nassau? I'm afraid I wasted money for an excursion and it won't be warm enough. Well, you know, that's always a risk. But yes, just to answer your first question, the ships are decorated for Christmas and for a little bit for Hanukkah, too. So the the um, decorations tend to go up. Well, they take the uh, Halloween goes down, Thanksgiving's gone, and probably the first week of December, um, all the Christmas decorations go up. And they'll keep them up through the first sailing in January, too. But now getting to your weather question, uh, you know, Doug and I were just talking about December weather in the Bahamas, and we remember it being, you know, pretty nice, you know, mid-70s maybe. But I've also been there when it's chilly. And, you know, you might have a nice 78-degree day, and the sun's out, but then at night the temperatures drop, and especially if you're on deck, it can get down in the, you know, with the wind chill and all that, it can get in the 50s and 60s. So did you waste money on the shore excursion? It kind of depends what it's going to be. If it's, you know, snorkeling, it could be a little chilly, but you just never know. So, you know, just think about it and... Um, have fun. Yeah, I will say, I mean, I've been to Freeport and Half Moon K in January, and the water was chilly. Now, Nassau's a little south, not much south of like Freeport and Half Moon, maybe uh, 50 yeah. or 100 miles south, but Nassau is about 200 miles right off the coast of Miami. So you can figure whatever the Miami mm -hmm. weather is, that time of year is pretty much what you're going to experience in Nassau, maybe a little warmer. And windier. Yeah, because you're out there in the middle of the ocean, basically. So. Yep, yep. So, I mean, it could be fun either way, but, um, you know, just as, as the time gets closer uh, before you leave, you can get a better idea how it's going to be and uh, find out if you can cancel. Without a penalty. Been talking with Sherry Laskin from CruiseMaven.com. Enjoy your trip out west. Thank you. I'm so excited. I can't wait to go back to Alaska. Talk to you next week. Yep. Bye-bye. We know you can't go on every single cruise. So we do it for you. Find over 200 ship reviews and money-saving tips at CruiseRadio.net or search Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio. Every day, thousands of cruisers set sail to the Caribbean and are increasingly choosing their shore excursions through CruisingExcursions.com. Why Cruising Excursions? With prices up to 60% lower than cruise lines, around-the-clock customer service, and guarantees that give you a peace of mind, why not? So whether you're looking to zipline in Jamaica, snorkel in Nassau, or see Mayan ruins in Mexico, market-leading specialist CruisingExcursions.com has you covered. Book your family's next shore excursion at cruisingexcursions.com. Check out our blog, the video page, and interact at cruiseradio.net. Tommy Casabona from the Always Be Booked Cruise Podcast just returned from the navigator of the seas. In fact, we caught up with him down in Nassau, Bahamas. Tommy, welcome to the show. Thanks, Doug. It was, uh, it was cool seeing you in Nassau in that little... Uh, little bungalow place we <laughs> went to that was awesome shout out to marty as you said yeah that was a, a cool place and uh, you actually went to you were one of the first ships to royal caribbean's new perfect day at coco k too correct i believe we were one of the first i think we were part of the grand opening i mm -hmm. think it had been open for a while but uh i think most of the features most of the attractions were open most notably the water park yeah and we'll get to all that in just a couple of minutes um as always we'll take a step back though and get some pre-cruise thoughts what made you book this because you booked this rather last minute fairly last minute i mean it was this year it would look like a double whammy as far as, uh, I guess, refurbishments and upgrades. So the Navigator of the Seas, for whatever reason, I don't know if you've ever had this, just a, a place you want to go or a city you want to visit. Mm -hmm. There was just something about the Navigator of the Seas that I've seen it live, kind of just doing a port visit or whatever. I was like, I always kind of want to check out that class of ships or that ship. So Navigator had always been on my radar. Once they refurbed it, I spent millions of dollars on that. And then at the same time, simultaneously, they did the Coco K 
upgrade and things like that. So that's why I figured, you know, it's a good double whammy. New improvements to the island, improvements to the ship. So that's why we chose this one. A lot of our listeners get casino rates or casino play rates. Was this a a play rate? You know, this was not because I booked it in a group Mm -hmm. and I didn't know I was booking it in a group. So I did have some available points, but they couldn't apply it because unbeknownst to me, I was booked in a group of people who I didn't know, actually. Okay. So you made your way from New York down to Port Everglades. Actually, you took a train down, right? I did take the old Amtrak, the uh, Silver Star, Train 97. I know the whole route by heart. Do you do the, um, like, the roomette, or do you roll coach? You know, this it's a very loaded question, Doug. There's so many. When you're a veteran like me, you can buy the one seat. If you want to, the price is right, buy two seats so nobody's going to bother you. You could buy a room. Met, that's the most expensive way to go. Or you can strategically get yourself a roomette, but only start the roomette in South Carolina for when you want to go to sleep. So you could save, you know, a good 7500 bucks doing that. What does a roomette set you back, like from New York to Florida? You know, it could be anywhere between $300 to $1,000. That's a cruise almost. It, it it's Mike, in some cases, a couple of cruises <laughs> yeah. if you going to go short. Wow, yeah. okay. So you make your way down to Port Everglades. Actually, did you uh, come into, where'd you go, West Palm, Lauderdale? We went to Miami. Hylia? We, we had a hotel. We stayed in Espanola Way, this really cool boutique hotel. Uh, we're very, very happy with it. Um, you know, it was more towards the South Beach area, so... It was very conveniently located. We had a breakfast right in the area, but we were very happy with that whole area and that whole process. Oh, so the ship left from Miami. Yes. Okay. Yes. The new terminal, Terminal A? Yes, Terminal A. Man, they did an incredible job with that. You fly through. Mm-hmm. You go right through. It's crazy. You said oh, they did an incredible job. Like, was it just show them your boarding pass and you're on the yeah. ship or what? Well, I had a bad knee, to be honest with you, and it was really hurting at the time of the cruise. This is what I'm saying, everybody. Just go on a cruise. Cruise is the cure-all for everything. I was barely able to walk the night before. They were asking me, you know, you might have to go to the hospital now. It's like they were – they actually greeted me. They saw I had crutches. They greeted me with a wheelchair and forced me onto the wheelchair. Yeah, because there was like five or six people standing around with wheelchairs just looking for somebody who needed one. They saw me. I had crutches. I didn't have a choice. They threw me in the wheelchair. My friends, yeah, shout out to my friends. They got some good footage of me in the wheelchair, and that was a big, uh, big joke by everybody. But with the wheelchair, it didn't look like it would have made a difference. With the wheelchair, VIP, quote unquote, or without, it looked like you'd fly right onto that ship. So if you're in a wheelchair, do they whisk you away right on board the ship? It's what it seemed like, yeah. And they wanted to take me to my room, too. They wanted to take me to the state room. I declined that because it's just, like I said, I, I'm in Miami. There's just something about being down here in Florida, man. Just I don't know if it's the palm trees or a natural healing. It was in bad shape. And for whatever reason, the next day I woke up and... And uh, it was not nearly as bad. And by the end of the cruise, I didn't even have a limp. Yeah, you looked fine in Nassau last Wednesday when we saw you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that might have been some alcohol correcting. <laughs> it's funny. Balanced it out. Marty and her husband were telling me, they were saying, uh, Tommy's going to be a little slow because he's on crutches. And I see you just roll up to the bar out there dancing in front of senior frogs. I'm like, he is not on crutches. <laughs> now, I don't know if I should say this or not, but my two friends, we went with Nicole and my two friends, uh, Chris and Jonathan, both uh, Latin American gentlemen, and they had this thing that they were going to tell me, the Sano Sano something, some ceremony. They performed the ceremony the night before the cruise on my knee. I was like, listen, I'll try anything. And I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a believer, but that messed with my head a little bit because I was fine. So you make your way on board Navigator. Yeah. What were your first impressions? Uh, standard Royal Caribbean. It was a little bit of an older ship, but the refurb was there. And uh, I don't know. I know a lot of people are 50-50 on the whole um, you know, the Royal Promenade thing. I happen to really like it. You go right upstairs. You check it out. And it's almost like just feels like, you know what? This is like a downtown city center. And I'm a fan of that. So I like it. I like the people watching. I like the fact that you, know, you have the ice cream. You have the drinks. You have a couple restaurants. Uh, First impressions of Navigator overall were is a beautiful but typical Royal Caribbean ship. Have you been on like Oasis or Allure before? I've been on Oasis, I've been on Harmony, and I've been on uh, it was a uh, Freedom class. So I was on the uh, Freedom of the Seas. How does that promenade differ from the other ships? You know what it is? It's so similar to the Naked Eye. Some people may not even be able to tell, but uh, 
between uh, now the Oasis class is a whole different ball game. That's mm-hmm. a full on widespread shopping mall type of a situation. Uh, the between the Navigator and the Freedom, it's a little tough to tell. Now there is a second level on the Navigator where you can kind of overlook. So it's a little bit wider, a little bit bigger on. I'm sorry, on the Freedom, it's a little bit wider on the Freedom, but uh, it's very very similar. It seems like it would get really crowded, though, because the Oasis does a pretty good job dividing the crowd because it's multi-level, right? Yes. But on Navigator, it looked like there was just staterooms above the, the promenade. Yes, yes, exactly. So, I mean, in general, you know, not that we're talking overall yet, but I will say that that was, again, if I got a nitpick and that was the only thing that I had an issue with, the crowds uh, – it was a little tough. It was a little tough to navigate around with the crowds there. That makes me wonder, too, though, because they just underwent a refurbishment with some additional state rooms and more public spaces on Navigator. Yeah. Carnival did the same thing with Carnival Sunrise, where they added 115 different state rooms on a ship that was originally designed for, like, what, 2,500 people. Right. Now it's holding 27, 2,800, over 3,000 with, uh, you know, triple and quad occupancy. It almost makes you wonder, like, they're totally. adding more stuff, yeah. but yet the ship was only built for this many people. Right, right. And that's what it is, and that's what you're dealing with, I guess, in general. And that's why I love the modern stuff. I like getting into some ships that are just, like, I mean, technological wonders. But that's what kind of makes you fall back in love with some of those older ships, because I say it a lot. I say I like going on these ships where the cruise lines— we're not brainstorming in rooms on how to make a certain amount of dollar per every square inch of the ship, mm-hmm. which is what they're doing now. Again, Navigator immediately became one of my favorite ships. But again, if we have to talk about you know some of the things, if you just are, right, so what didn't you like about it? I will say the crowd. The crowd was an issue. You know, they put a lot of stuff on that Lido deck, and and it, and it takes up a lot of space. So there was not even a, there was not even you know, it's pretty typical for a Lido deck to have a suggested dance area, mm-hmm. sort of like a stage, yeah, and like an area where you know you do your wobble and the, the electric slide and everything that we're sick of hearing about, you know, sick of watching and doing whatever. But they actually didn't even have that. They didn't even have that space on this deck. They were doing it, but it was almost like they were clearing out a, a little corner towards the front to try to make it happen, and. That definitely was a little awkward. You said you like a cruise ship with a lot of space. Like, what are some of your cruise ships, like in your mind, that has plenty of perfect okay. space per yeah. guest I mean, ratio? You can't, undeniable, Carnival does a great job with that. The Lido decks mm-hmm. have a very, very spacious, especially my last Carnival experience was the Horizon. And that's just a, a, a just a, a you know, it looks like an acre out there of, of just space. You know, even if, especially if you take away some of the chairs, you don't even have to really take away chairs. But, uh, you know, Right past the pool, you know, they have the uh, screen right above the pool, but past that on the opposite side, on the opposite of, of guys and everything, plenty of room. Same thing with uh, Freedom of the Seas, too. Same with same thing with Oasis and the Norwegian Gem. Now, the Norwegian Breakaway class is not that way. They mm. built that a little bit tight. but I don't know. I feel like the new Carnival ships are kind of tight as well. Like, on the Lido deck? Well, I mean, just overall in general. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of, yes, there's a lot yes. of um, congestion yeah. points around the ship. Correct. I totally get that, 100%, especially, you know, those deck, you know, five, six and area. You know, definitely a lot going on. They're trying to jam a lot of stuff in there. But the Lido deck, is just as it pertains to the Lido deck, I think there's plenty of room up there for that. But, yeah, I know what you're saying down below. Yeah. So what kind of stateroom did you book, and what did you think of it? Great question. We had a uh, inside stateroom booked, and we got that. Uh, I mean, don't you love it? Speaking of just ways to get every separate every single single dollar from customers this whole new bidding system i oh, mean you did that yeah so they offered me you know you want to bid you want to bid and they said a good bid is 350 dollars a person for a balcony so i was like well okay i'm gonna do 150 and uh it said very poor poor bid <laughs> <laughs> next thing you know six days before the cruise they upgraded me now it was a complete quandary as to where i was going to be on this ship because it was a forward-facing balcony, which is pretty unique, right? I mean, mm-hmm. they don't really – so it's like, all right, let's check it out. Everybody's telling me, you know, it's going to be a big room. So we had a big room. It was beautiful. I'm sorry, a big balcony. The balcony was basically the size of the room. However, I would trade that space for what we didn't have. You know, you're in the front, so you don't look right down and see the ocean. You go mm-hmm. look down and you see the forward portion of the ship. You see the hull. And in front, you can't have wind blasting you in the face, so they have a partition in front of you. So there's a little bit of room. You could put your arms on the railing, but then just beyond that, maybe a foot and a half further, they had a full partition of, of plexi or whatever it was. You know, so you don't smell, you don't hear, you don't connect with the sea as much as you would on a side or an aft balcony. 
So you could actually you could walk outside. Totally, you were kind of limited. You no, you're outside. You're literally under the stars. You're outside. It was literally a a, a balcony the size of the room. But you just and there was no ceiling. You were boxed you just, in. You just had the partition in front of you. Okay. So you didn't get that cool. Like I, I love to bring the bed out there. I like to hear the ocean. I like to look down and see the waves hit the side of the boat. You just didn't get any of that. Stupid question, but was there like that railing you could put you could lean against? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you had the railing. Okay. So you had the the partition right under you. It was just the the metal iron, whatever it is, and then you could put your arms on the railing. But beyond that, just simply like a foot and a half. You had the partition. Mm, okay. And yeah. above you, were there but, decks above you or the bridge or yeah, anything? Yeah, that's so there was decks above you. So the bridge was below us. Okay. But yes, that's a good point. I should have mentioned that. You turn around and uh, staterooms are staring, looking at you. Like full, I guess it was suites, floor to ceiling, um, ocean view, mm-hmm. suites. So yeah, you're not, there's not, there's not any privacy. No privacy yeah. down there. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's some cruises out there where that's encouraged and, you know, who knows what the heck happens on those balconies. The, passion, and, the Passions Cruise, right? Is yeah. that what it's called? On Azamara Quest? I think there's a few of them. I think the uh, Royal Caribbean hosts one. I think uh, Celebrity hosts another one. But yeah, those charters, they get out of control. I guess, I mean, if you have the money and you want to rent a ship, if you, it's a few million dollars to rent some of these ships. But if you have the money, they'll do whatever you want. Yeah, it's mostly the database. If you have, if you have the uh, you know the the marketing reach mm-hmm. for that type of you know demographic you're in. I saw what they did. I mean, I, I almost didn't want to ever go on a royal promenade again. It, it seemed like soiled to me. Like they had the, <laughs> the, the 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 whole promenade was lined with beds. Like wow. what the heck is going on here? <laughs> on that note, let's talk about the food. On <laughs> that didn't sound right. On Navigator of the Seas, uh, we'll start at the Windjammer. How was the buffet area? I'm going to tell you something. I really like the Windjammer. Uh, I like we like the Windjammer, and the crew that I went was a bunch of mad, uh, just a bunch of whacked out, out of control pirates. And this is you know I cruise with a lot of people. This particular group, they like to get after it. We like to you know just kind of move about the ship at our own pace and do our own thing. So that's going to make for a heavy Windjammer cruise, and that's what we did do. And I thought the food was great, most notably. Doug, on uh, the, I think it was Nassau, I think it was Nassau, they did a midnight buffet, and it was Jamaican, it was delicious, uh, curry chicken, jerk chicken, there was oxtail, beans and rice, delicious, so uh, all, across the board, I, I, I like the Windjammer. I can't get into the oxtail. No? No. I love it. If it's done really? right, it's delicious. It falls right off the bone. Mm, uh, to me, it. it's got to be seasoned right. Yeah, you could screw it up, but it was, yeah. it was, this, was, this was good. I mean, the, I'll, I'll say this. The variety isn't always great. There isn't always a ton of stuff to choose from in the Windjammer. I think there's other crews. I'll say Norwegian, too. They definitely Carnival, too. Both of them probably do a better job with variety in the buffet. But I will say uh, the, the quality in the Windjammer, I think, might be a little bit above. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you do any nights in the main dining room? I think we did one. We did two nights. Okay. Yeah, we weren't welcome, I would say. We weren't welcome. <laughs> so how, how was the yeah. food and service anyway? Uh, the food and service the first time was good. I think the second time they saw us coming, and uh, we were that group. And then the whole time I'm sitting there, and, and you know, people out there, I'm—, I'm I'm sorry. I and I was apologizing in my mind the whole time. I'm like, I am that we are that crew. we are that group right now. We're that crew. We spilt some red wine on the table oh, too. Geez. And it looked like we just hacked up our own pig and kind of <laughs> just, you know, went at it right there. It just looked like a our our dinner table on night four was was looked like a crime scene. It did. I'm not gonna lie to you. But you know, it, it was it was a good time. That was the night they were saying goodbye. We were waving the napkins. You know, they knew to seat us, you know, way away from everything and everybody. So it worked out fine. The the main dining room the first time we went, we had the chicken cordon blue. Now they really shrunk down these portions. Mm-hmm. Now that doesn't bother us because we're gonna order three, four Right. Whatever options. But, you know, they seem to have caught on to that. They know that's gonna happen. So the food was okay in the main dining room. Um and uh I wouldn't say it's anything to write home about, but the service was good and it was enjoyable. We liked it. Now, what what I'll say about the food and uh, what I did like was the fact that, you know, and I don't like the I don't love the fact that they just carbon copy other cruise lines, but they totally took the carnival model of basically putting a Mexican option affair on one side of the Lido deck, leading into the Windjammer and a burger 
side. So the Johnny uh, Rockets, which is a walk-in, you know, brick-and-mortar restaurant, they turned it into a Johnny Rockets Express. Still have to pay for it, and that's the drawback. You still have to pay for it. And honestly, you know, just being honest, I think Guy's is has the upper hand in quality and taste on Johnny Rockets. Uh, Johnny Rockets is a little bit more just an extension of a regular burger. Guy's has a lot more flavor and a lot more options, and I, I like it better. But you have to pay for Johnny Rockets, and then they uh, added a Loco Fresh. No, it's not Blue Iguana Cantina, but it is decent. They had a good burrito and a good taco from there. It's mostly kind of like they fill you up with the basics, and then you kind of just build your own. Is that free? That's free. Okay. Yeah. Any other places to eat around the ship that you went to? Um, like pizza or anything? No. Uh, you know, they. Uh, so Navigator, I guess, is a little bit of an older ship. They don't have the Sorrentos. Okay. So they have the... Um, they combine the Sorrentos with the cafe and the promenade. Mm-hmm. So it's basically pizza out of there and some sandwiches and things like that. And, uh, yeah, I did hit up the room service a few times. And the room service is pretty basic. It's not bad. It's not good. It's just kind of there. If you're really hungry and you need to, uh, you know, mop up that booze from all day, which I uh, clearly did. I had the pizza. I had the quesadillas. I had the wings uh, all throughout various nights, and it was good, you know. Cafe on the Promenade, is that 24-7? Yes, it is. Okay, and the room service, is there a service fee 24-7? Yes, uh, it's, I think it was like 8 or $9 an item. I don't know exactly what it is, because when I was ordering it, I wasn't necessarily, uh, you know, I wasn't looking at the price per se, but I do know uh, if I ordered room service two out of the four nights, one night it was $19 and one night it was $22. Okay. Yeah. And uh, that was for like each, each, each time I got three items. They, during the refurbishment, they had, they put this new three deck, is it called coconuts? Oh, lime and coconut. How is that? So I thought that was one of my favorite. That was like our meeting place for the ship. I think it's great. It's basically, uh, what it is, is just a basic pool bar. But what they did do was kind of really, I guess, I guess you could say they kind of, they kind of worked on the decor and it is three levels. So you have the bottom level that's right at the pool. That's deck 11. Deck 12 was a little bit more of an overlook, also had a bar. And then you had a observation deck on the rooftop, which was really, really cool. But the decor and the layout made it feel like you were kind of like just at like a like a Latin bar or like a Latin place on land. And what they did was, you know, Royal Caribbean is famous for really kind of driving the fun during the day. And then the minute the sun goes down, they want to draw everybody inside, draw everybody to that royal promenade. But in this case, I believe they are kind of, I guess, trying to lure people outside for for later, like almost like hang out outside. They put some uh, patio style lights up above the seating and stuff like that. So uh, that was kind of cool. As the sun's going down, you're a little bit elevated. So you get to see the horizon and the sun go down in a cool little spot. And I definitely think the probably the my favorite addition in the refurbishment was the um, was the lime and coconut bar. Well, the rooftop bar. Now, there's there's two different kinds of rooftop bars. There's ones like on Church Street in Orlando, like Latitudes, which is like totally chill Jimmy Buffett style. The yeah. other one is like on Celebrity. They have like a New York City rooftop bar. How yeah. would you describe this one? That's a great question. It, it still felt like a cruise ship. It didn't mm-hmm. feel like, you know what, if they were going for either New York City, because I've been to obviously the places in New York City, and I know the Latitudes place you're talking about, been there several times as well. It didn't have that type of party go out of control crazy feel it just really felt like you were on a cruise ship but it just felt a lot more comfortable they added some uh patio furniture out there with some cushioning uh with some uh ottomans out there as well it just had a little bit more of a tropical vibe i wouldn't say it felt like a real inner city rooftop but it just had a good vibe and a good feel margaritaville yeah margaritaville frogs that type of thing definitely this ship also during this refurbishment in january received the blow dry bar Yes. And you, I understand you went in there. You were telling me in Nassau you got your hair dead. Well, yeah. I mean, not that we got to go all the way back with this backstory, but yeah, I wasn't, I was 50 50 on making this cruise because of the knee. And uh, I basically got on the train last minute with no luggage. Uh, so I didn't get have time for a haircut. I didn't have time for all this gym stuff that I normally like to do before the cruise. I wasn't really as prepared for this cruise as much as I would like to be. So, yes, I uh, got a haircut on board. Shout out to Mo from uh, South Africa, who uh, is living in Texas now. Uh, 
she did a great job, I think. I mean, I'll say a great job because my hair is not the easiest hair to work with. But uh, she did a good job. It was uh, you know, a moving vessel, and I, I, I was happy with it. Well, what did that set you back, first off? 25 bucks. When they were talking about this, they were saying that you get – like a drink with your haircut? Yeah, yeah, you could do that. Well, I, mean, I don't think it's meant to do as much for haircuts. I think I was probably supposed to be in the spa for this. Mm-hmm. And I think that they kind of just were shutting the spa down and they didn't have a lot of action going. So then I was like hesitant to even do this. So, oh, you're in the, uh, you know, uh, what's the blow dry bar? Uh, <laughs> so I go downstairs and I'm like, well, that's not, that wasn't part of the plan. I didn't necessarily want to get my haircut in front of uh, the entire promenade walking by. <laughs> But I was like, yeah, screw it. You know what? Let's do it. So I did it, and uh, it was quick, painless. I think she did a good job, and it, and it was uh, it was good. Yeah. When I go down to Disney World, I'm a big fan of always stopping at the Polynesian Resort down there because there's a um, just the bamboo and the drinks and the, right. the, the tropical flair. And they have the what is it? The bamboo room. Yes, the bamboo. How was that? Yeah. It, you know what? They did a beautiful job with the layout. It's very, very nice room to be in. Very comfortable. I don't know. They just—I just never saw any action going on in it. There never seemed to be a crowd in it. I don't know if they—if they wanted to promote it more. People seem to gravitate back and forth as far as the promenade, as far as drinking establishments, to Playmaker Sports Bar, which was a—it's fen- a phenomenal job. They did a great job with that. You can even order burgers and wings through there too. They have like a little owners' lounge, VIP lounge in there. They have uh, pool tables. They have, um, you know, what's that game with the sawdust? And you kind of roll the. Uh, you know, I was writing a story today. What is that called? Because yeah. Carnival has one in the Red Frog Pub, yeah. and I, I was calling it like shuffleboard with sawdust. Yeah, but yeah, I have no, yeah. What is it? That sounds good to me. Yeah, okay. <laughs> we'll roll with that. They also had uh, they also had um, the foosball, and they had TV. The TVs were on, and everybody was uh, enjoying those places. And then the English Pub, because they have the guitar music and things like that. Now this is a little bit smaller version of it, and they updated it. Now I didn't like the update. It looked like a cool modern English pub. So too clean for you. Too clean, yeah. yeah. It was like I like the more rustic walls. I, you, you know, land-based Irish pub, English pub. You walk in, you could smell the draft beer in the in the wood. I kind of like that. And it was kind of I thought it was kind of cool that you could always get that on a cruise ship. Uh, you know, this one was a little slicker. They updated it, so but it was still fine. You know, we still enjoyed it. As far as any of the entertainment on board the ship, it sounds like you guys created your own entertainment throughout the voyage. But did you get to catch any of the shows? Or they have a really cool show with drones. In the I heard about this, and this is what I'm trying to say. Like a, a shout out to our crew. Bless them. Love them. They just literally don't care what's going on on the ship. They want to go around. They want to get their drinks. They want to just kind of, you know, no Norwegian pun intended, freestyle it the whole way. And they just enjoy, you know, they, they and I like it too. I did try to get them to go to the quest. No, didn't happen. It is what it is. Uh, so, no. I peeked in on a, a Broadway-style production show that they had. Um, it looked pretty awful. Didn't look that good. I don't know. Again, too, when you've seen so many of them at sea, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. But I did hear that ice show. People raved about it. Yeah. So there wasn't a person who said anything bad about the ice show. They said it was a must-see. And, yeah, we, we, we just didn't get to it. I just can't do cruise line production shows any longer yeah. because it's like – how many times can you see someone sing an 80s number, then a 90s number, and then yeah. you know, try to bring it to a 2019 style? It's, I was thinking the same thing watching Playlist Productions on my past sailing on Carnival Sunrise. It's like, we've got to reinvent ourselves. You know, the first time I saw that, I, I liked it. I think I saw Epic Rock, and even the ones that are licensed Broadway shows, it's a watered-down version, right? They kind of turn it because they know people don't want to watch, the, you know— Three and a half hour, you know, cats. So they yeah. they bring it down to like an like hour, ninety hour, minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah hour, yeah. hour and a half. What I do think they should stick with is comedy, lounge singers. I like, you know, if you get a good crooner up there who's got a theme. I remember this one time we watched this guy. His name was oh, Anthony Michael or something like that. He was from St. Thomas, and he just did a bunch of R and B songs. Mark Anthony. Mark Anthony. He yes. was on my sailing. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he just was a couple days ago. Okay, yeah, he did a from bunch Saint of R and B. Yeah, he was mm-hmm. from St. Thomas. Talks about the beautiful. And one time, I, I think I went on this solo. The last time, again, my crew they don't like to do the shows. I went solo. That was when I went with Sony, and she was wearing a towel to the theater. And um, they had a guy who was on the Jersey Boys tour. 
and he just did all 50 stuff. So keep it simple. You're not impressing us, I think, with the Broadway shows and, you know, the costumes, the theatrics. I mean, there was I think there was a show geared towards, you know, well, the women confidence and things like that. And it was just like just women singing about how confident they are. And that's great. I think it's awesome. But, you know, there was it looked like they were trying to um come up with something but there was really no plot you know i went on norwegian sky once you know what the plot was mm. there's going to be a singing competition <laughs> <laughs> that was the plot and then they sang and that was the competition 45 and that was the minutes show. of yeah. there's going yeah. to be a singing competition yeah and and the, the it was not a real competition it was a stage show but the competition mm-hmm. was just a fake competition and that was your entertainment i think i, I also as much as I would never go to see this on land and I would never think that I would enjoy it, I do get a kick out of those those unicycle jugglers and things like that, those comedian right. guys. Yeah, they're great. Yeah, so stick with that stuff, I think. I think it's just a little ambitious to try to pull off real Broadway-style entertainment. Let's transition here and talk about the perfect day at Coco Cay. So we docked the ship. Now there's a pier there. Yeah. So we docked the ship. We get off the pier. I say we. You did. Yeah. Uh, first impressions of it. What did you think? Like, was it love at first sight? Yes, it was. Uh, I'm not a fan of the private islands per se, typically. Mm-hmm. I did like Labadee. Uh, I did like uh, some of the other ones. But, you know, I you know when you take me to Half Moon Key, as, as beautiful as it is, I'm wondering what the hell we're doing after a little while. You know, some people Have like Have you been there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, so like I'm there, and and that's nice. It's beautiful. It's the water's breathtaking. But yes, again, after two hours, I'm like, what are we doing? You know, let's find the tender, or you know, come up with something. Go to the Captain Morgan bar, or whatever it is over there. Well, the problem with that is that the drink package doesn't work on Half Moon K too. So don't right, get me going with that. Don't get me started. Yeah, you're that. you're getting off the ship, and you're you're paying ten dollars a drink or twelve dollars a drink after tip. Yeah. when you're getting a drink package on board and getting it for free. But anyway, back to Coco yeah, no, K. That's a carnival thing. It's just I think they got to get with the program yeah. with that. Or maybe they don't. If they still if they don't have to, they don't have to. I don't know supply and demand if they're not getting enough uh if they're not getting a lot of complaints about it, then if they broke don't fix it. I get it. But yeah, the other cruise lines of the big 3, they do include it on their private islands and man, it's so we get so yeah, so it was love at first sight. I got out of the room, obviously went up and I wanted to get some shots from the Lido deck mm-hmm. and look at it overall. You saw the big uh tower where the water slide is. Uh, they have a continuous, uh, I guess, water cannon that goes off maybe every five minutes. It was, um, it, w- it, was it was, beautiful to look at. I posted a picture. Uh, I just thought it was awesome. And uh, once we got off the ship, yeah, it's, it's better than Labadee. Some, for some reason, it feels so much more, I guess, accessible for everything. You don't have to walk as far. I think Labadee, you have to kind of really do some, do some walking. Now, that's just the eye test for me. I didn't measure. It just feels like, you know, you go from attraction to attraction on Coco Cay uh, a lot easier with a lot less nothing in the middle. Like, there's stuff to do everywhere. The food was good. I just basically just wanted to put some in my stomach before we started our marathon day of drinking. And I got some fries. They were delicious. We got the... um, uh, so uh, they had a lot of different uh, dressings to go with your fries. I'm sure you could have got wings, other stuff, but I, all we had was the fries. And then we made our way to the uh, giant lagoon pool, and that's literally where we sat. And uh, you know, I'll say we had some drinks to put it mildly for the next five hours. The food venues on the island, all yeah. free. Yeah, we did pay for the food. I don't know. I should really be a little more prepared and know if there is like on Labadee there is a. Uh, catered lunch yeah they'll do like an island barbecue they'll do like two set two seat two seatings of it and you kind of come and get with you or maybe it was just one whatever it is they tell you this is when lunch is come get it if you want it if not whatever and it's free they may do that on that i didn't know but we got in that pool and we just started enjoying some drinks and we were man we just it was that time you know i always think about cruises and you know you're not always at 100 miles an hour on cruises you're not always having literally the time of your life doing cruises but i think we all agree like there's maybe four or five times maybe two or three times sometimes on each cruise where you're just like i call it cruise bliss and that was our moment of cruise bliss when we sat in that lagoon bellied up to the bar you know i have my my knee my bum knee elevated <laughs> and we're just chilling ordering drinks the, the 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 it was just so comfortable and so beautiful that man yeah perfect day at Coco K is could it couldn't it couldn't be branded any better. You were speaking of the drinks. You were telling me that so I had a cheers package on my last cruise. Right, they give you the receipt. 
and there's a place for additional gratuity, you always throw in a buck or two, right? Yes. Does Royal not have the additional gratuity on there? So Carnival, what they do is they do. It's kind of doing right by their staff. Like every time you get a drink, even if you have the Cheers package, you hand in your card, you get your drink, you're presented with a bill that invites you so cordially to add a gratuity, mm-hmm. and you sign it. So it wants that signature every time. And yeah, if you put that in front of me out of guilt, I at least put a dollar or two in, despite the fact that the gratuity is included. I do put a couple of couple of dollars in there. Norwegian or Royal do not do it. So it's like you're you're not asked to tip, so you don't tip. And you know, of course, you reach into the pocket and give them a couple of dollars here and there to the right ones who are hooking you up, taking care of you, looking after you, knowing what you drink, and you know. The, but in general, no, you don't have to. They don't, they don't ask you to do that. And I'm sure there's two different schools of thought on that and something behind the scenes that we don't know. But I wonder why Carnival still does it that way. My guess is that with Carnival, you have the cheers. I mean, you have the, um, the, the limit is 15. And it's you know nobody's going to get more than 15. There's no limit on these other cruise lines. So people are just banging down drinks left and right. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm 100% telling you, there's people that sit there and have 20 drinks in an afternoon. And I think it. I think they're just like, well, screw it. Let's just kind of, like, you know, expedite the process. Yeah. That's what I would think. I could be wrong. Is the tallest water slide in North America open yet? Yes, it's is, open. Is I it, didn't know that it was that. But that whatever that big, tall water slide is open, yes. And is that uh, – you pay for that? Yeah. Yes, well, you can do a uh, – I think there's a couple of options, and I think it was maybe like a $30 or $40 pass, mm-hmm. to, and you have access to all the rides all day, the water, the water rides. Awesome. Yeah, they also have a zip line. Now, I thought this was going to be billed as – Longer, bigger, faster, better than the one at Labadee, which is fun. Which Dragon Flight, I oh think it's my called. God. Yeah, that was that was. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not a thrill guy. I'm not a bungee guy. I'm not. You know, I'm not a thrill seeker. So for me, that was like almost life changing. That was just the four of us went on there. And we were flying through the air, and it's what it is. Is yeah, the hype. It's mostly the view on that Labadee one. Just a beautiful yeah, view you get there. of the ship and everything like that. Um, but this one was uh, a lot more modest than that one I could say and uh, one thing I was going to do but we didn't get to it because we just couldn't drag ourselves out of this pool but the balloon looked really cool oh yeah yeah was it tethered yeah yes and that's I was like I'm not getting on that thing you're not paying me to get on that thing and then you saw that it was tethered so I was like yeah I'll do it you know what I mean I would try yeah 18 you know Grey Goose and sodas. so yeah let's do it um how much was that? Uh, $39, I believe. Per person? For, yeah. And how long was the ride? It seemed to be up there for like 15 minutes or so. Maybe the whole ride was 20 minutes back and forth. But okay. it, it seemed cool. I, I wanted to get, you know, for the gram, getting a nice picture. That would have been a cool shot of the ship. Not all of us are drone experts like like <laughs> you. You're like the whiz on the whiz on the drone. Like Doug is getting better every day on that thing, as we see. Okay. We gotta- and, then, and also, just on Coco, uh, Coco K, there's a couple of beaches. You know, someone I went live from Coco K and someone said where's the beach and I'm like yeah you're right there's supposed to be a beach around here isn't there <laughs> alright let's take a walk so I found one of the beaches I didn't find the whole um, you know the barge bar uh, but we did I did pan across and kind of give a good photo there's different types there's South Beach there's different beaches on there but you know I'm not the biggest beach guy so I wasn't necessarily craving the beach but yeah we did make it to the beach and the beach was absolutely beautiful water beautiful everything okay so we'll wrap this up then um well, we're not going to talk about a beautiful day in Nassau, Doug. Well, we uh, <laughs> what did we do? We went to Nassau. We went. Yeah, you, uh, yeah we met CJ up. We had a, got good a couple time. of uh, shot glasses and knickknacks, yes. chotskis, and then yeah. we went to Marty's place. The rec- uh, what was it called? The uh, it was Senior Frogs, but I don't know what was there a special name for there that. There was a name for the plate that the Tiki Hut we went to there. Yeah. The nineteen dollars um, a drink bar, whatever it was good called. God, it was like for three drinks. It was. What did we pay? Sixty eight bucks or seventy two dollars? Oh, I, put, I I got around and then uh, I pulled the fifty out. And you gave me that look like that. I ain't gonna do it. Uh-uh. Then I'm gonna get it done. <laughs> it was but a really cool spot, though. It really was cool because it was like uh, Marty had just said to it when you know when we said we were gonna meet up, and Marty said, uh, "Yo, you gotta check this." You know, kind of bar. He kind of por- compared it to the uh, poor man's um, Bora Bora or whatever yeah. it was. But uh, it was comfortable out there. Those chairs were beautiful. Shout out to Dwayne and Marty. They were there on hand. And, uh, yeah, we got a little uh, we got a little drinking done out there. And it was beautiful. You got a beautiful view of Junkano Beach. You get a beautiful view of the cruise ships. We saw the Liberty sail away. It was really nice. Never say never again bar and grill. 
That's what it is. And it's new because last time I was in Nassau, it's like an offshoot of Senior Frogs, and it's like the same text as Senior Frogs, so I think they probably own it, too. Now, is that on the play of the, on the James Bond because that's supposedly the filming is in that yeah, area? Yeah, right across the bay there. Okay. So, yeah, like, so they probably go. would be. Yeah. yeah. So you make your way back to Port Miami. How was Debark at Terminal A? Debark was so easy. I was nervous because me and uh, my uh, cabin, cabin mate, Nicole, went up to get some breakfast. And um, I was nervous because I had an 1150 train back. And I didn't know how long it was going to take. And I'm like, you know, you don't, just don't want to play around with that. So... I uh, gave myself a good two and a half to three hours, you know, basically to get off the ship, go through customs, get in the Uber, get back to the... I was off the ship in six minutes with, awesome. no, with nothing to do. <laughs> yeah. Are you normally an early debarker or a late one? Normally, I'm late. Mm-hmm. Definitely late. Uh, I'm usually the one getting yelled at. I'm usually uh, the one that tells us, Mr. Thomas, please, let's go. We have to go. And then a couple of times, yeah, they've just literally infiltrated the room and started cleaning around us. Yeah, that's happened before. So. It's funny because the, the cabin stewards are your best friend until debark morning. Then oh, they're like, yeah. get the hell out. Exactly, exactly. That's very, very true. All right, man. Well, uh, I appreciate you dropping by. We're actually sitting in my living room right now recording this. And I appreciate you dropping by and uh, chatting yeah, it's about a Navigator. Tri- the trip insurance studios, right? I mean, this is... <laughs> right. I, I, it's exactly what I pictured. I was tripping over policies when I was walking in. <laughs> I would say you can catch Tommy's podcast, but are we ever going to have another one? There's a rumor that uh, there is going to be a return of the Always Be Booked podcast, and there's another rumor that uh, Doug Parker himself might be appearing on the you know the, the new improved Always Be Booked podcast. So look for that. We'll link that up in the show notes once it gets published in 2020. <laughs> Tommy, thank you so much for stopping by, man, and uh, sharing your review of Navigator of the Seas. Of course. Thanks, Doug. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Let's see what we've got for you. Cruise Radio is produced weekly in Jacksonville, Florida. For partnership opportunities, email Doug at cruiseradio.net. Hear Cruise Radio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Google Play, or at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.